Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. I'm Abby Thiering, the Badass Breastfeeder. And that was Josh Wilker, my husband, playing uh, the guitar, because we don't have any music this week. Because Diane Cassidy, my lovely uh, co-host, is out this week, and uh, we're short-staffed this week. So I'm doing this uh, by myself with my husband. I drug him down with me. And so this week, we are going to be talking about breastfeeding from a man's perspective. And I have a lot of questions that I prepared for Josh, Mr. Badass, Um, but he doesn't know what they are. I haven't shown him. So this will be nice and fun to see what he's going to say. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, you're out of your busy schedule. <laughs> oh, thank you. For traveling you. all this way. Uh, yes, it was hard to get here. Um, and I feel a little nervous, actually, to be talking on your podcast. I'm a, I'm a big fan. <laughs> well, thank you. It's always an honor to have big fans on the podcast. And um, so... As you all know, mostly, I we have a um, seven-and-a-half-year-old son and a four-and-a-half-year-old son. And when I first started, when I, when I first had Jack, I had never seen anybody breastfeed. Had you seen anyone breastfeed in your life? I can't, I can't remember. Maybe my aunt? Probably, but yeah, uh, I don't think so. Certainly nothing memorable. Right, yeah. Well, and I had a lot of problems starting off breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking the whole time, like, I this isn't going to work out. Um, This is freaking me out. I'm, you know, I was anxious. I was googling a lot of things i was um it was consuming my every moment do you remember that (laughs) (laughs) yes i do i don't know that i knew um that it was quite as hard on you as it was uh, until later when we were talking about it some more i knew i mean i knew it was really hard and i felt like we were both struggling in the beginning with parenthood in general um but I know that that was – it was actually only when I started to hear you tell your story more that I understood um, how amazing it was that you stuck to it and, and um, managed to find a way to, um, to, to do, do what you wanted to do and, um, and get the help that you needed from a lactation consultant. I remember that was a big, big part of it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was, I've just been amazed by you. Thank you. Um, so, so that's a big thing too, cause people are struggling with, especially if it's their first child, they're struggling with their transition to this new identity of parent. And then on top of it, you have all the breastfeeding struggles that are, um, making you question your body in a way that you never have 
and are making you feel vulnerable and anxious and all of these things in ways that you had never felt before. And so what were, so, okay, so you, you already answered that you were, um, dealing with your own, um, struggling to parenthood, which is understandable. Um, I remember when I, so you're right, like getting a lactation consultant was a big turning point for me. Um, but so then when I had it all figured out, I really went really gung ho. Mm-hmm. You know, I went, well, I'm just going to breastfeed this. I started learning about children who children who self-weaned and, uh, you know, all of this and how it could be, you know, anywhere between, you know, three and seven or anything like that. And and I thought, you know, I'm going to do that. I don't care if he's seven, you know. And I even, I, re- I even remember saying, I don't care if he's seven and we're in the house hiding. <laughs> because I knew that would just be completely socially unacceptable. Um, but I remember making that decision, and I I remember bringing that to you. Do you remember that? I don't remember that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were a little bit hesitant. You were a little um. You were a little like, eh, really? Yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. I mean, it, it's all been a gradual awakening for me, and I've always been a. You've always been out ahead of me. Um, and figuring things out. And I mean, to me, the whole parenting thing and breastfeeding and birth itself, um, a lot of it has been like an awakening kind of of the nature of the matrix. You know, we're kind of like waking up and looking around and seeing like, wow, things we totally trusted in before don't always have our best interests. And I'm talking about, you know, like, at the hospital when there was this you could sort of after the fact feel this pressure of of formula being pushed on us um and and there's this tremendous feeling of kind of going with the flow with that and you pushed back against that and once I started understanding that myself I wanted to help push back too and but yeah the the extended breastfeeding was probably uh, that was harder for me to to visualize um, as something that we could do because by nature I don't want to stand out from the crowd. It makes me nervous. Um, I think probably also, you know, before you start reading about evolutionary parenting and how it's um, it's a human norm going back tens of thousands of years – and and a species norm, you know, for for all sorts of mammals, to for the for the child to decide or to to breastfeed as long as um, is needed, and and for there not to be any kind of forced weaning. Um, once I started to understand that, I, I was more on board. I was on board with it, but before then, before I knew that, I was like, I still had that. Um, what is it the the myth of like oh it's gonna it's gonna make them feel weird or or social you know, like they'll be old enough to remember it you know that's the, that's the old um, saying like if they're old enough to remember it uh, then they shouldn't be doing it or something so that was I, I had internalized that so I, that had to that was a point of growth that I had to undertake um, so yeah I'm sure, and I think I mean just being around you I've 
I, I feel like you've talked about women reaching out to you for help and um and often it's around not often it's around the mother being out farther ahead of the the father on this issue in terms of understanding the biological um realities as against the kind of um the social realities which are not that sane all the time if that makes sense yeah so you mean like the biological uses of the breasts yeah. primarily for feeding the baby and then what we normally see it as in our culture sexual and selling products right yeah yep um so yeah that so when you were talking i thought of like 10 things <laughs> <laughs> So this is normally how conversations between me and Josh go. Josh talks and I'm very patient. And then I make notes in my head about all the things that I want to say <laughs> when he's done. Um, and so I, you know, all the, you were talking about like all the things that people say about extended breastfeeding, like, oh, they're going to have psychological issues or it's going to make them sissies or, you know, make them gay. You know, you hear all these crazy things. And I don't think that I ever thought any specifically thing, like any I never thought specifically about it, but probably, I mean, before I had kids, if, if somebody had said that they were breastfeeding their six year old, I've been, I would have been like, that's gross. Like, mm-hmm. that's just gross. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have said it was going to make them gay. Cause that's just a stupid thing to say, but I might have, I may have said, and I'm a mental health professional. I may have said like, Oh, well, you know, I can see there might be like some long-term psychological harm to that because like every single person in our culture, starts off like totally ignorant about breastfeeding mm-hmm. toddlers. Um, and I think you know. So we don't. You said that you don't see that you you're not sure you saw somebody breastfeeding before me. And I know for a fact I never saw anybody breastfeeding before. I was breastfeeding Jack in the hospital. Um, and so that makes it hard enough breastfeeding a baby. But even even. Even that, you've, like, seen pictures or heard about it, you know, or seen it in a movie. Like, oh, you knew breastfeeding was a thing that existed. Mm-hmm. But, like, breastfeeding a toddler or a small child, a five, six, seven-year-old, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, you don't see pictures of it. You don't hear about it. You don't – I mean, I think now it's getting better because of – mostly right now because of social media. But I never even heard of it. Yeah, actually, I remember there's a there's a, a movie by um, uh, the Swedish director is it Ingmar Bergman, um, and there's there's a toddler being breastfed in that. I remember seeing that and thinking like that's this must be a scene about weirdness, <laughs> but it was actually like in, in, in truth it was it was, I think the movie was based on um, uh, Ingmar Bergman's childhood, and then also my. You know, my dad has a memory of being breastfed. I was going to bring up your dad. Yeah. So it's it's rare, but it, it's like we're still close enough to older times and I guess other other countries where it might be a little bit more normal, where there's still glimpses of it possible. But in the mainstream, it's it's def it's a tab it's a taboo really, and uh, so and it's a pretty powerful one to shatter which is what you're doing. Well, and let's talk more about your dad because actually the badasses us on Instagram and Facebook and probably on the podcast all 
mostly know about him because I post the picture that was, I think you took it. I was breastfeeding Jack. He was a toddler at this time. And you're, I'm sitting next to your dad and we're all just talking. It's all just like this scene. It was just normal. Um, and when I started breastfeeding, we, you know, then you start talking about it with everybody. <laughs> then we would talk about it with your dad. And um, we're talking in past tense because your dad passed away. Well, well, a year ago, mm-hmm. more a little more than a year ago, and so yeah. So t- tell us more about him and his breastfeeding memories. Well, yeah, he passed away last year. He was ninety-two, so his 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 early years were quite a long time ago. So we're talking about the nineteen twenties, um, and he was a first generation. I guess do they call that first? He was the first of his generation, first of his family. Born here in America, his mom and dad uh, came over from a region called Galicia, which is Poland or Austria. It was actually Austria-Hungary when when they left when they fled. Um, but anyway, so they they fled the Nazis. Yes, no, oh. um, that was, it was before it was before the Nazis. He my grand oh, yeah, the twenties okay. right. My grandfather was going to be conscripted into the Austria Austria-Hungarian army and. Surely that be sent to the front lines to, to you know, get the worst of World War One is actually what was going on. So um, they he got out of there, and then my grandmother followed soon after. Anyway, they they were kind of from a different world, obviously. Well, not kind of. That was a different world and different ways. And um, yeah, but you know, my and actually, I don't know how how this is kind of a digression, really. But I guess I've always thought of my. My grandmother is like the rock of the family, keeping things going, and so it's kind of nice that there's that early, the earliest memory I think of my dad is, is being breastfed by her, and he was, he was so strongly attached to her, um, and got such strength from her throughout his life, and it started then, um, and so that's that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. Um, and he was, and he was, so he had memories of it. So he was three or older. Right. Yeah. I mean, he might've even been as old as five. I, I, he also tells a story of when he tried one of the, you know, went after he had weaned or his mom was, you know, weaning him. He tried to breastfeed from her at one point and she kind of giggled and was like, no, (laughs) we don't do that anymore. Like, you know, but. He was very old at the time. Not very old, but a toddler or a small child. Um, so then we had Exley. And that Jack was about three, a little younger than three when Exley came. And I had some problems breastfeeding Exley. But by that time, I, I just knew... I had I knew lactation consultants. I knew who to call. I knew how to get help. Um, what do you What do you notice? Geez, what do you notice? What do you re, What are what do, what do you notice as being different? I guess from your perspective between like the early days of Jack and the early days of Exley. Well, I mean, first of all, I don't know if this is the question really, or if this is part of the question, but that home birth meant so much. You know the the experience of Jack being born 
in the hospital was traumatic, tremendously difficult for you. And the home birth was the polar opposite of that and a real healing thing for the whole family. Um, you know, although Exley's presence was, that was the beginning of a long challenge for Jack. Um, but the lifelong challenge of having a brother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I feel like things got off to a good start because of the birth with Exley. I mean, he was sort of, um, he was kind of naturally brought into the family and, and, and naturally all that stuff of him being fed by you, it all just kind of fell into, I, I know there were some struggles too, which was almost kind of ironic. Like, you know, you're supposed to be the expert. I think you remember Well, that's you what saying, I, I was saying. Like, I'm the badass breastfeeder. Like, I, I mean, if I can't figure out breastfeeding, then like nobody can figure it out. <laughs> And then I have a newborn and I'm like, oh, my God, what? I forgot to have a newborn, you know, that it's totally, completely different. You get so it's such a huge part of your relationship that by the time Exley was born, I was breastfeeding a three year old. And then I'm breastfeeding a newborn. And I'm like, how in the world do you breastfeed a newborn? I don't even remember this. And I people, you know, when I reached out to a lactation consultant, I reached out to a couple, actually. They were like, yeah, yeah, people totally forget. <laughs> like, <laughs> you just completely forget how to, you know, you forget that your newborn doesn't know all of this stuff. Like, the toddler is just, you don't even have, you don't, you're barely a part of it when they're breastfeeding, when they're a toddler. And with a newborn, they just, they need, you know, so much help, so. And my my favorite picture from from that day is the one we have hanging in the hall upstairs where, it's all four of us on the bed, and you're holding Exley, um, and Jack's next to you. I'm on the other side of Jack, and you're holding Exley, but you have your hand, you have your hand on Jack, like you're so um, focused on caring for both of them at the same time. Even even though you you have this newborn, it's like I don't know. I I think some people would just be focusing on the newborn, but you were always making sure to see if he was okay. And I think that was probably, that was probably the nature of how things went from there is that you were still able to, that was actually a really beautiful thing about continuing to breastfeed Jack through those times is he, that was a real um, way in which he got comfort and he was still able to get that. And I think, I think the age difference, it was just right where things would be the hardest because he wasn't, Otherwise, you know, because he wasn't old enough to really understand what was going on and he wasn't young enough to be kind of oblivious. And uh, so, yeah, that that threw him for a loop. But you were able to keep supporting him in that way in other ways, too. Yeah. Well, that's really funny because actually like developmental, you know, experts say three years is like ideal, (laughs) you know, spacing. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm agree with you. I'm like, I don't know how this is ideal, although I will say I don't think there is an ideal. Right. I think it's going to rock your family to in ways that you have no idea until it actually happens. Um, but I think that, you know, being in that picture where I'm touching Jack, I think it, to me, when I see that, I think of, I remember how anxious I was mm-hmm. that my relationship with him was going to change and how was it going to change and how are we going to, you know, would we be strangers now and how, you know, I, I was just consumed with anxiety about it. And he, I, I'm, I had Exley in my hands. And as soon as, I, as soon as I had Exley in my hands, Jack could be standing right next to me and it, he appeared to be 20 feet away. 
I couldn't, it was so strange. I couldn't get him close, you know, and that, and breastfeeding was like one of the ways that, you know, that I think he could, you know, that we could maintain that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have any more questions. I wish we could take questions from the people, but I can always, you know, I can always get back here. It's hard for me to, to get here, but if you really need me, I could come back for another time. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, but you came back, you were on a business trip, and you came back from your business trip with a really interesting story about something that you saw in a graphic during like a lecture. And um, I know you're a little nervous about whether you could explain it, but let's, I want, like, let's work really hard to explain it because I think it's really cool. And sure. Yeah. It's a good, I mean, it, it's just so, gl- well, let's just. Yeah, I mean, just being married to the badass breastfeeder has made me, given me eyes for certain things in the world and uh, that I I wouldn't have otherwise noticed. Um, So, yeah, I was at this, uh, watching this presentation, I work for a company, Education Publisher, which is a really cool company. I'm very happy to be working there. Seriously, no, it's true. It's and, a cool company. And uh, but they were talking about this this business strategy, which I think is based on a book um, that's out there called Lead and Disrupt. And basically, um, you know, you you try to the basic premise of it is is that you you have your core part of the business um, that kind of sustains you from year to year. And then you try to also develop new parts of the business. And so how do you do those two things at the same time? And so they had this graphic to kind of show um, the concept. And it was a sort of a, a superhero, a woman superhero who, you know, has super strength and she's holding up uh, a building. And on her it says lead. So that's the lead part. She's and holding up the building with one arm. With one arm, right. And so and the building is is like the core part of the industry and she's holding that up with her super strength and then in her other arm she's holding the baby and the baby is the you know the kind of the growth part the disrupt part as far as the strategy goes you know that's going to become maybe a new business for the company uh at some point and and you have to kind of grow it and um the in the picture the baby is holding a bottle um or you know drinking from a bottle and and I was like how much Better would that be if she was breastfeeding the baby? I mean, not just in terms of normalizing breastfeeding, but for the actual image, like she's she's this superwoman holding up the business, but also growing the new business with with herself. Um, and uh, but you know, I I understand in the context of that presentation in the workplace, it it would have been um, iconoclastic, like it would have you know, and, and you know. It, it wouldn't have. It just. I I can see why they didn't do it. It like, would have completely fallen apart because people would be like, "Oh my God, there's a boob!" Yeah, right. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm looking at a boob, and yeah. they wouldn't have even been able to pay attention to the whole concept of it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is so weird that the the most normal central part of human life, uh, is, is has become a a weird has has become a taboo that you can't. I mean, it's it's not it's not exactly a taboo because it is kind of in in sort of very um, constricted ways. You know, oh, isn't it beautiful to see a 
brand new newborn breastfeeding, you know, where you can't see anything, um, <laughs> that that's okay. But uh, anything older than an infant or, you know, in any kind of like ways that you don't see a lot, I don't know, I'm sort of rambling, but it, yeah, sure. it's, uh, yeah, it's a strange world we live in. And I'm glad that my wife is trying to change it, <laughs> helping to change it. All of the badasses are changing it. Um, well, thank you for traveling all this way to our studios to be a part of this show. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> oh, good. You know, people don't like when you can hear all those noises in the... That was a kiss. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. And we would like it if you could please share your experiences in the review section on iTunes. And maybe you will be our review of the week. And we didn't do a review of the week this week. And um, I'm sorry because I forgot. So we will do um, another one next week. You know, like I said, we're short-staffed. Um, but we wanted to still make it pretty cool. Um, but, uh, also head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com for sponsor links, for promo codes, for a long list of awesome resources and all of our other episodes. And you can find information about how to schedule your very own lactation consultation with Diane. Bye. Bye.